Welcome to WJR's Internet Advisor Tech Roundtable. My name is Foster Brown, and tonight I am delighted to have all of the usual group of suspects back with us. First of all, let me introduce Mr. Gary Baker, the Internet Advisor. Hey, Foss. Good to be with you here, Gary. It is good to be with you, and we're literally online this time. Yes, very literally online. It sounds like your uh, camping experience, uh, however, left you with a little memento in terms of a head cold. It has, and uh, <laughs> I'll apologize up front for that. Ah, uh, no, no, no. You had a cold in your dose. That's all. That sounds like it. Yeah, that's what uh, happened. <laughs> that's what happens. And Ed Rudell is also with us, our tech advisor. And Eddie, you know a lot about camping out there. Uh, yes, I do, and I know not to bring a heater in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> you have to watch out for the shorts, right? That's, oh, that's right. Oh, my goodness. And then finally with us as well as Cal Gerson, who is our uh, Apple expert in these tech roundtables. Al, good. Uh, Cal, thank you for coming this evening. Uh, this is Al from Capel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, you can all feel free to mess with me tonight. We've had quite a technical night here, but folks, before we uh, we get into our uh, our countdown, I, maybe I should just jump into this with the first piece, which was that Skype announced that they had upgraded their application for the Mac, which is true. And as a matter of fact, if you are on an Apple computer and you have been using Skype, um, I will only remind you of this. It is a beta version. <laughs> and tonight, before we went on the air, we found out exactly why they call these things beta versions. It's B as in bugs. And uh, we encountered a few, but uh, Cal, I have to say this, Time Machine, and this was the first time I used it on my Mac, helped me to get back to the application that I had originally had the Skype application, and we're finally back up and and uh, working again. But and how long did it take you to do that, Foster? Actually, once I figured out how to do it, it worked really quickly. I was I was delighted to see that. But it isn't like I mean, it's it's a matter of fact, it's less time consuming. I have to say, guys, than the Windows experience of the Wayback Machine, Eddie, what you call it, where we. Uh-huh. Uh, when you uh, go to a restore point and go back, essentially you can do that on the Mac with uh, time uh, with the time machine. Am I right on this, Cal? That you can go back to it, like with the individual application. That was what I brought back. Not everything from that date. Am I right? Well, what time machine does is that uh, periodically, depending on the interval that you set, it will go and do. Uh, it will save everything that is changed on your computer. So therefore, you probably changed uh, Skype, let's say, two hours ago. Right. You can actually click on the Time Machine logo, and it will bring up a, uh, a calendar that looks like it's going back into time. And then you just go back to the particular point near a particular case. If you put Skype on there, the new one, two hours ago, mm-hmm. you could go back two hours and five minutes and select the Skype application, and it would restore it back in the way it was uh, that time before. So, now, does yeah, it, it, does it make it's any like other system changes? restore. Does it make any other changes, or does all your data stay the same? That I would like with uh, System Restore. It only changes the very thing that you selected ah. that you want to restore. So the only thing you wanted to change was Skype, and that's the only thing yeah. that it took back. Well, that's excellent. Well, what it did, it saved the, our our recording here, folks, because I was able to go back to that. But I do have to say, maybe you can comment uh, just a bit on the new look for Skype because you're using that right now on the Mac. It, it, it looks uh, pretty much like the previous version, at least on my end. There's a couple little features here and there, but uh, it's pretty much about the same way it was before. 
And uh, for me, it, it's working so far pretty darn good. But, you know, like, the, like you said, it is beta. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, you know, uh, all bets are off. You, you never know if a frog's going to jump out in a minute or something like that. But <laughs> for, for the most part right now, at this point, it seems to be fairly stable. And I'm running a Mac OS, uh, let's see, 10.6. 1064. 1064, the latest to Snow Leopard. Yeah, Snow Leopard. You know, it's yeah. interesting, uh, Gary and Ed, because uh, uh, what I experienced with this is when I moved up to that new Skype version, it looked beautiful. As a matter of fact, it had a great conferencing uh, conference call, which we're using right now, a uh, function on it. However, the device that I use, the system or a small piece of software that I use to record our conversations, was not compatible because it hasn't been upgraded to work with this new one. So suddenly, I could talk to all you guys, but we couldn't record it. And I, as Shakespeare said, there's the rub. But it brings me back, Gary, to the time when we moved up. It was from Windows, what, XP to Vista and... Uh, what was it? Some printers we trying to use weren't. Oh no, that was going to XP. That was a long oh, that's time right. ago. A long time that's ago right. on our show. Yeah, we, yeah, we so both had bought the, some new HP computers. The uh, printers that didn't work. And the uh, it, it said it was XP compatible, but they were put out before XP was really out there. So it was yeah. compatible with what they thought was going to be XP, what was in the beta, and they changed it just slightly when it came out in the full version. Didn't work, so they had to go back and and fix it again. That was HP with an HP printer. So they we, got it working finally. Yeah. And I, I think the same thing is going to happen here, obviously, uh, certainly when uh, Skype gets past the beta version on this. But I, I, I agree with you, Cal, that on the app, on the Max, uh, it's a beautiful-looking one, although I'm, I did have to step back in order to be able to use this call recorder that's here right now. Hey, Ed, I have been hearing some things, and you get a lot of inside chatter about uh, things changing in corporations with uh, their tech services, but I... Did I just hear recently that Dell has decided to move, what, 25,000 people off the BlackBerry to the Windows 7 phones? Well, uh, Dell is going to be releasing their own device, a Windows 7 uh, phone device. Uh, it escapes me with the name. I read it earlier in the week what their device oh. is called. And, uh, and yeah, they made a decision that we're yanking all of the uh, Blackberries internal to the corporation, 25,000, and uh, you're going to be using our own devices. You know, uh, Hewlett Packard, the company I work for, um, did the same thing about a year and a half ago where uh, HP has their iPad phones. Um, and then now they, of course, they have Palm phones, and they did the same thing. They yanked all the Blackberries, and they say, you're going to use our devices, or you're going to use, you know, um, you know, some other device uh-huh. like uh, HTC or whatever, but you're not going to use Blackberries. We are not going to invest in that licensing infrastructure anymore. Wow. Well, this is, that's, that's not unusual for no, any not at all. company no. to use their own product. The Dell dog eats the Dell dog food, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Exactly. Oh, and, and, well, and plus Microsoft... <laughs> Uh, release the licensing. Uh, if you have a uh, running Outlook servers, not only can you, you know, you get a license to, uh, for every user to use Outlook, but they also have the ability to use their Outlook webmail. So you can not webmail, I'm sorry, mobile messaging. Ah. So everyone is, the licensing is included with your mail package. There's no additional licensing. Mm. There's no additional servers. Blackberries has their own Bez servers, yes, Blackberry yes, Enterprise yeah. servers. And with if you just have an Exchange 2007 server, you automatically can get uh, not only Outlook Web Access or, or use it the Outlook client, but you can also use your Microsoft mobile phone, and you can use your iPhone, and you can use your your Android. You know, and they all mm. access it through um, 
you know, the mobile mail services that okay. Microsoft provides. Well, it, was, it looked like a pretty black week for BlackBerry, pardon my, my pun on that, because another piece of news I saw was that Bank of America and Citigroup may be ditching their Blackberries for the iPhone. Now, that I found to be a pretty interesting item. Why would they move en masse to the iPhone from the BlackBerry, which has been such a strong enterprise uh, tool? I believe it's because uh, finally um, Apple has finally in- enabled the encryption capability on the iPhones. You know, and it is a very slick device. A- and the licensing, you don't have to have additional licensing. Again, you're using, uh, if you have Microsoft as your uh, mm-hmm. mail services, there's no additional licensing fees. Mm-hmm. And, and Apple is trying to make the iPhone really ready for the enterprise. And that's important as well. Yeah. I guess that'll be chewing away at the established base of BlackBerry for sure. Well, you know, I was surprised that BlackBerry could come out of uh, that uh, big debacle with their patent rights and oh yeah, and, and um, you know all that money they had to pay those patent trolls, you know, <laughs> to you know to settle those lawsuits. Yeah. So and they did, and they came out of that smelling like roses. Yeah. But they, their their time may be up. <laughs> it looks like the season for the roses has passed because the petals seem to be falling off. Uh, and we're still waiting to see if that uh, BlackBerry device is for real, the one that they talked about. The um, Oh, I keep on forgetting the name of it. because well, uh, They uh, called it the BlackPad, but they, they changed right. that. <laughs> yeah, it was a little 11-inch or 10-inch device, I think, that they had coming out that was going to be uh, you know, challenging the iPad or be kind of in between them. Um, uh, there was a rumor, though, uh, not a rumor, but uh, Ed, we've been, uh, we've been talking about iPhones. You mentioned something that happened with British iPhone users and the change to uh, Daylight Savings Time recently. Well, yes, Daylight Savings was last night on, what was that, the, um, that'd be on the 7th. So it was this morning um, at uh, 2 o'clock in the morning, everyone was supposed to roll their clocks back an hour and get an extra hour of sleep. Well, in... Uh, Greenwich Mean Time of Zero or in London and Europe, they don't observe daylight savings in the first week of November. That, that was something that the con- uh, U.S. did and North America and Mexico uh, did three years ago. Um, Europe still adheres to the last Sunday of the month, oh. of uh, the month of October. Oh. So the <laughs> tens of thousands of people uh, in London basically oh, no. showed up to work an hour late. <laughs> <laughs> if they relied on their alarm clocks and their iPhones or to meetings because oh. they, they were observing because they, they didn't switch daylight savings time. Ouch, 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 ouch. So kind of comical. <laughs> well, I had heard that there's some countries, as a matter of fact, I think it's Russia that's uh, decided to, uh, um, what did they decide to do? They decided to, I think, to stop daylight savings stop, period. Stop I think. altogether. Yeah, 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 I think they did. Well, they also, don't they, they had like 11 time zones and then, they just kind of declared, okay, now we got nine time zones. And uh, they do things by fiat there. Uh, Gary, uh, there was something interesting that you, we, we seem to be stuck on, on cell phones this week in terms of news, but there was something that you uh, had looked up in the research for the program about um, uh, what's becoming an annoying thing. I haven't had it happen to me yet, and I'll be interested to see if it's happened to any of you guys. Uh, uh, phone solicitation. On your cell phone. In other words, your cell phone rings and you think it's just somebody within your family or your contact. And it turns out to be somebody trying to sell you a new set of windows or something. Right, or timeshare in Florida or whatever. So when that happened to me more than a few times over the last week or so, 
uh, I went online to see if anything had changed, and there's at least rumor out there that um, unless you register your cell phone with the uh, federal do not call list, uh, that they could still call. So I went on and found it very, very easy. We have links up on our site uh, that you can follow to the do, no, do not call.gov list. And uh, very easy to register. You put the telephone numbers in, your email. Uh, then they send you a link. If you respond to that link, click on the link, then you're on the federal do not call list. So, oh, excellent. Good okay. idea. Before, we didn't have to do that with cell phones. Apparently, we do. So I'll try it out. It takes about 31 days to fully register to make sure that okay. everybody that uh, can access that list, all of the, the otherwise uh, robot callers and whatnot, yeah, yeah. Uh, will uh, adhere to it. After that, you can report them, and there's ways to report them, but we showed that, too, in the, uh, the fact list from the FCC. Yeah. And, Will, by the way, on the show notes, you'll see, that, uh, you'll see links to that, uh, both about how to register your home and mobile numbers to that, and also the consumer fact sheet uh, on the FCC do not call rules. Both of those links will be up on the homepage. Ed or Cal, have, you either, have either of you been, uh, gotten a, solic- a solicitation call? Just from my kids. <laughs> but Dad, can you, I need can money. you block them? Can you go online with the federal do not call list and block your kids from calling? I, I could try. Cal, how about you? I have to agree with Ed. The only solicitation is the one I get from my wife and daughter whenever they want me to give them money. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> I have not had it happen to me either, but I have heard of people who have had somebody suddenly calling up, you know, as you said, uh, Gary, about like timeshares in Florida or something like that. So this is, folks, going to be this no-call list now for uh, for cell phones as well as your home phones, right? You know, I, I, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt because I remember getting emails last year at the corporation, and we wrote corporate security about this because the, the people um, were receiving emails saying, oh, you have to register your cell phones here because such and such oh, date is expiring. Yeah. And... And we looked it up, we called corporate security, and they basically said, no, that's not true. Um, it's just basically stop replying to these emails because by you replying and forwarding this to all your friends, you're in essence bringing down our, 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 um, our, um, our, our, our mail services oh. by, you know, with all the congestion. So stop forwarding it. It's not true. Um, you know, supposedly the cell phone number. Now, this may have changed as Gary has looked up, but, you know, it just takes uh, uh, you know it just takes someone to write a bill and and you know someone someone in Congress to pass it, and mm. all our phone numbers could be turned public i I haven't heard of anything though yeah, and I just to be clear, I don't know if it is or not. I checked a couple sites that said it was, but mm-hmm. again, they can all be getting the same information from yeah. one site yeah. right yeah, that's exactly. so you never know, and I couldn't come down to it where it was really clear. The only thing that I am clear about is that you can register your cell phone. Right, uh, and it's real easy to do. So why not do it? Oh, and I did mine, yeah. and I've done mine. Oh, did you? Years okay. Ago. okay, years ago I did just to be safe. Yeah, and I didn't bother because I never got them before on the cell phone. But I especially registered my mother's because she's getting older, and I don't want people calling sure. to take advantage of her. Oh, so. absolutely, absolutely. Cal, you noticed, and again, this is kind of funny, folks. This week's this is we're on iPhone and cell phone information here. But uh, you had something uh, that you had researched on uh, a PayPal flaw within the iPhone apps? Yeah, it appears that uh, the uh, PayPal app on the iPhone had a, a basic security flaw in it that was discovered and reported by the, well, 
was reported by the Wall Street Journal. And, uh, but PayPal got right on that game and, and fixed it up. Uh, and it was one of, the, uh, one of those man-in-the-middle type attacks that could be done where hackers can get in and steal uh, usernames, passwords, and account data and stuff like that. But uh, PayPal has uh, issued out uh, information on patching it up, and okay. it supposedly has been taken care of. Now, hey, when, when you say uh, man-in-the-middle, explain that to our listeners when you talk about that particular exploit. Well, I'm not 100% sure that I understand what that means as well, but uh, my, my concept is, is that when you send information from your iPhone uh, to a, uh, another party, someone can tap in onto that stream somewhere down the line, pick up your information, and, and, and be away with it and use it to whatever uh, desires they want mm-hmm. to use it. And uh, that's basically what a man-in-the-middle attack is. Ed, do you have any other uh, anything else to add to that? I'm just curious. No, I'm just wondering if, if this is pot- potentially one of those applications that was developed and distributed uh, at the Apple stores for you know to so you can use your PayPal account for purchasing these things, yeah. and maybe the man in the middle is the software developer herself. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, that's how I would interpret it. The yeah. man in the middle is the developer himself, because there's been a number of applications published for the Androids, right, mm. and mm. for iPhones, and they're right on top of it, and they remove those apps from the stores right away. Mm. Hey guys, it, uh, appear, it, it appears that that flaw did not uh, uh, come up in the Android app. Uh, Oh, oh, okay. But but it, it was in the iPhone app. In the iPhone app. Boy, so much of what we're seeing in terms of conversations now is are those applications, that's the word app, folks, the applications that are appearing on phones right now. That is That seems to be kind of the new frontier for a lot of problems, or not problems, but um, some of the challenges. That, that really seems to be the cutting edge of a lot of software development right now. Or am I getting too cell phone focused what do you think I? no not really i mean that apps are going to be the way to go in the future i mean that's basically how mac is uh, <clears throat> mac that's the way apple is going to be able uh, wants to be able to distribute software for the mac platform itself is via an app store as well um that yeah. particular app that uh, for paypal was downloaded by over four million users wow a lot of people hanging on to it. Hey, guys, I, we're, we're probably going to sh- shorten this up pretty a little bit this week because I, I also am going to be posting an interview I did with Dave Sawyer, our friend from right. uh, Microsoft. Uh, Dave and I had a conversation a little earlier on this week that I taped, and I'm going to be posting along with this roundtable in which he and I talked about the security report that Microsoft puts out, some very interesting things uh, that are in that security report. But one of the things that we talked about there is the Microsoft Security Center. Um, and we have a link on our homepage to that story under the advice column. Uh, Ed, have have you used Microsoft's home security essentials or installed them on anybody's computer recently? Uh, no, I have not. I was wondering, Gary, and uh, is anybody else, uh, Gary? Have you had a chance? I have not either. I I had I installed it in one location, and I've had some very good results with it in terms of some very good protection. But it doesn't seem to hawk up a lot of you know system, um, and I, I'm getting I'm getting better better and better reports about Microsoft's. Uh, efforts in the security area and it may even be that this will be the one package that will take over a lot of pcs at least so i'd be curious to hear your your feedback on this as you guys look into it further 
But Dave Sawyer is going to be on our homepage here, and you'll see the, the link to the uh, interview that you can click on as well for that. And there's a link to the Microsoft Security Center from there. Well, guys, uh, it's been fun talking with you this week. Does anybody else have another quick breaking story they want to bring in before we wrap things up? Other oh, than you know, we're going to be we're going to have a show next week. Ah, now there's breaking news. <laughs> All right. Yep, we'll be on, on, at our normal time from five to seven on Saturdays. Oh, wonderful. So the and Gary, I think you've got some guests coming in too. We do. Um, we have uh, there's a, a conference and it's called Michigan Emerging. Uh, this conference is one of over thirty thousand that are registered with Global Entrepreneurs Week. It happens to be, however, out of the 30,000, there are 10 featured events. There's only one event out of that, that 30,000 registered in Michigan, and it's also one of the top 10, and it's Michigan Emerging. It's going to be happening at the Ford uh, Conference Center mm-hmm. on the 17th. So right. we're going to have some people in to talk about that. Oh, cool. Very, very excellent. Okay, so we got a live show coming up. We'll see all your smiling faces in the studios. Uh, and Gary, Cal, were you going to say something? Did I catch you? Well, yeah. Uh, Gary had sent me a link on this uh, Master Lock Vault. Oh. And it's a web. And, and it was kind of interesting to look at. I, I just started playing with it, but. Uh, uh, it seems that the company Master Lock, you know, the world-famous one with the uh, oh, lock yeah. that they have hanging on the door, and they shoot a bullet through it, and it still works. Okay, not the, vir- the real ones, not the virtual ones. Why don't you put a key in? Right. Well, they, they also uh, they've created a website where you can store all your passwords uh, that you have. In case you happen to forget one, you'd have a central place on the Internet where you could go and look oh. at it. Now, they've encrypted the site with 256-bit level encryption. So good encryption. So it's the highest, strongest at available, at least at this time, uh, to the common web user. Wow. And uh, basically, you go out, you set up an account out there, and once you have the account set up, then you, uh, uh, you've, got, you've got it all set, and you can go out there and start to add in information. It's kind of like a, a little database or a spreadsheet. And you, you, put, you can put headings in there saying things like, uh, my combination lock to my locker. And then you can oh. put the lock combination on it. Or you can say, uh, my uh, username and password for uh, when I log on to the uh, um, Internet advisor forum. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then you can put that information there so that if you ever forget, there's a one-stop place you can go to get all the information you got. So... When you pick the password for that site, pick it carefully. Make sure yeah, you pick a yep. strong one, yep. and uh, make sure you don't like write it under the keyboard where someone else can find it. But, you know, and, that, and that's a good point because it yeah. sounds like this site is very secure. Have a good username that is not like Ed Rudell. You know, <laughs> pick a random uh, name and then a very strong password. And because it sounds like the back-end data is all encrypted, so even if someone was able to hack into the website, because that's where a lot of this stuff is, is um, taken, is, you know, you, you, from the you're typing in your user. Yeah, it's from the inside. People break the site because of the, you know, the, they find some security flaw within the um, uh, Apache code, and then they strip all the data off the servers because it's not encrypted. The master lock uh, site sounds like they've encrypted all the data to our, so y- your data will be safe. Even if they were to hack the website, your data would be un- unaccessible. So, hey, guys, yeah. tell me what, we, what would be a strong password then? And then uh, give me a definition of a strong password. 
that where where you could lock all these things in this master vault? Well, well certainly no less than eight characters. Okay, eight, eight to twelve characters. Eight to twelve characters. Okay. Upper lower case. Okay, upper and lower. A Numbers of, and letters. Yep. And, and some and some punctuations. Yeah, symbols. You know, yep, okay. some symbols. And you know what? Um, um, what we're doing now, and Hewlett Packard and and Cal can attest to this. Passwords are a minimum of thirteen characters. Are they? Oh, yeah, that's wow. a good idea. Well, yeah. I, how and, you have to, and you have to have punctuation, uppercase, lowercase, and numeric. Wow. You have to you have to meet three of five qualifications. So how? Where do you? No, all right, all right. Now I got a truth or tell question for you guys. Uh, where do you keep that password? In your head. You're kidding. At my age, mine, <laughs> le- mine leaks. Here's the trick, Foster, at least that works for me, because I'm a little bit closer to your age than maybe Ed. Because silence. Qu- Wait a minute. There was silence there. <laughs> yeah, we're going to let him take that bullet. Yeah, he's old uh, Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> because they require so many letters nowadays, I don't try and look for a word that, that's that big. I find a phrase that's common for me to remember, but uh, hard for someone to, to figure out. I got gotcha. you. You know, like maybe I'll take and I'll put capital I love uh, Gary Baker exclamation point. Now, no one would ever think I would ever want to say something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then you would separate each word with a password. (laughs) Everybody write it down quickly. You would separate each word with a period or a hyphen or an underscore, underscore or an exclamation point. Right. Oh, I exactly. see, I see, I see, I see. And then you would make some uppercase, some lowercase, and um, uh, maybe choose some numbers in there that look like some of the letters. Exactly. Wh- wh- whatever way that you can remember it that'll work for you is the way you do it. Just make sure you use a variety of symbols to make it hard for someone else to guess. Okay, got and, and Foster, that would be very simple for you because you could throw in some uh, Spanish grammar. What do you- even? Yes, you know that I've done that. Uh, no, here I am giving away my, <laughs> my my key. But uh, uh, there are certain symbols that appear in some languages that don't appear in other languages, and I use the keyboard that has those keys. I'll, for instance, I'll tell you one that, I, and I don't use this one, but I could an enye, which is n with a little <laughs> over the top of it, um, and you can do the would same you do thing. That again? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the n with a. <laughs> Over the top of it, yeah. There you go. Is this the Internet Advisor or is this a Victor Borger? Yeah, Victor. That's it. Like that's exactly. Or the um, in French they have the C with the what's it called, Cidil, uh underneath it, the little curl, little beard on the C. But you could use language characters like that as part of it as well. That could make it even more difficult for um, the algorithms. I want to give those algorithms more time to chew on it. You know, until they say, "Wait a minute, this is just taking too much time." And he, besides which, he can't have anything that important. Hey, one last thing, guys, as we wrap things up here. Um, ha- uh, I have loaded, and I don't know, Gary, you have the iPad, uh, the iPhone. Uh, have you loaded the Detroit Free Press um, uh, app on that? Yes. Yeah, I have. What Actually, do you think? What do you think of that? I like it. Um, I, well, you know, Detroit News has one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Free Press up right now. I just reached it, grabbed it, but. You know, it's uh, Fox News has one, uh, Channel 7, ABC, our local station has one. Um, so Michigan Public Radio, ABC News, uh, yep. and then some others. So I, USA Today has uh, has one as well. So, I, you know, yeah. these days of being able to uh, 
to get a newspaper are, are slowly going away, and I'm di- very disappointed about that. Yeah, but yeah. all the news that's fit to print is right here on my iPhone. The problem is if you spill your coffee on your morning news this time, <laughs> if it's your iPhone, you're in yeah. trouble. <laughs> and I'm not putting this in the puppy cage either. <laughs> now, Gary, uh, do, do, do you have the ability of saving an article that you like or, or marking it as a, so that you can reference it again in the future? That's you know, question. that's a really good point. All I right. don't know if I do. You do have the ability to cut and paste on your iPhone, so you I, could extract yeah. information out of the article. You could. You know, it, it, one yes. good thing about this is it throws the, the, the news away for me. You know, <laughs> I don't have to recycle it. Yeah, um, yeah, but you don't have the ability to wrap fish I, I in it. Don't, <laughs> yeah, I can't wrap fish in it. It doesn't go in the puppy cage. Uh, but, you know, the, I guess if I really found one that I, that I really wanted to save or send, you know, save, uh, I would probably uh, mark it and then just go home and and use it on my computer because I can save it on my computer. Here's what it tells you to do. You can, it has, there's a share button, Eddie, at the top of each art. Of, uh, for instance, I'm looking at the Elmore Leonard's crime books fit naturally on film, and I clicked on share, and right. it offers me the option of email, text, Twitter, or Facebook. So oh, could, that's one way of doing I it. I could yeah. grab text on this thing. Share and, it with yourself? And then so, so share it with myself. Absolutely, yeah, or, or email share. it, or email it to myself if I happen to be someplace and I wanted to send it home. But but this, this would have been nice if we when we were uh, traveling to St. Louis a couple of weeks ago. I wish I had had it on because we could have looked at the uh, home newspaper there. And oh, uh, you know, and I was going to say, speaking of email, mm-hmm. that's right. Because remember, we mentioned uh, one of our last shows that we were on the air is that Hewlett Packard has a printer now that has its own email address. So if you oh. want it, it's called ePrint. So if you had, if you want the uh, to be able to print, you could just email it to your your HP printer sitting at home, and it will be printed and waiting for you when you get I'll home. Be like a fax. done. I so it's one of the ways to circumvent the uh, the inability of printing from your iPhone or iPad. So yeah, cool. very good point. Hey, what's the one called? HP what? HP uh, HP ePrint, I believe. E-print. I'm going to look into that because I do have an HP printer, and that would be really nice to be able to do that kind of thing when you're away from home again, you know, to be able to do that kind of thing. That's hey, right, guys. Foster. You know, I'm on the Detroit Free Press uh, iPhone app right now, and mm-hmm. the Lions lose game in OT. Oh, you had and to tell I guess, us. I guess that's really not news, is it? Oh, at least they did it in OT. Oh, <laughs> crunch. Anyway, what and a Stafford shame. got the shoulder, shoulder injury again. Not so. again. Oh. Unfortunately. And it was 23-20, so it looks like a field goal made the overtime win. That really stinks. And they allowed the Jets to come back in the fourth quarter with 10 yeah. points. Oh, well. Very different than a triple overtime win. Hey, for me, yesterday. Michigan. That's right. Michigan. Right. Yeah. Did, did, you, did you really expect something different than what you got today? <laughs> no, like I said, no, it wasn't quite news. No, but we can hope against hope, guys, and we keep on doing that. Well, listen, hey, listen, let's wrap, wrap this up so that we can uh, uh, step out here and, and would encourage you folks again, the links for all the things we've talked about will be in the show notes that are online. Don't forget Dave Sawyer's interview on the Microsoft Security Report will be up as well, including some links there. And the third thing is, as Gary mentioned, we're going to be on live coming up on November the 13th. And That's that right. is, uh, it's going to be a bye day for Michigan State University. We'll be on then, and we'll be live in our studios from 5 to 7 o'clock and taking some of your calls then, as well as talking to some interesting guests. So, That's right. We promise that MSU will not lose that day. <laughs> we promise it. All right. We can keep that promise. All right. Gary Baker, thanks so much for being here this evening.
You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. Andy Rudell, thanks so much for being here. That was great, Foster. And Mr. Cal Carson, thanks as well for joining us. And what's so good about the 13th is that MSU won't beat Michigan that day either. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No chance of that happening either. Oh, no, not again. All right, guys. For the Internet Advisor, this is Foster Brown wishing you all a very good week and look forward to being back in the studio with you this coming Saturday, November the 13th.